for the opportunity to come into your presence, to fellowship with one another. Lord, to feast on the word of God and find your favor in our life and and your ministry to us today. Lord Jesus, let your word, come on, I want everybody to lay your hand on your heart. Even if you're watching by Facebook or listening at a later date, lay your hand on your heart and just say, God, I open my heart to hear what you have to say to me, Lord. I know you have something to say. And Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me and I want to respond and obey your word today in Jesus name and everybody said amen welcome to church on the rock north this morning if you're watching us by way of Facebook today welcome today all the way from Beaumont Texas we're glad to have you wherever you are and whatever you're doing we're glad you're watching with us this morning we're in the middle of a series. We're not, well, we're not in the middle of it. We're still, uh, it's kind of a long series because we're, we've started the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and, uh, that's probably three or four weeks ago. Uh, and, uh, so we're, we're just walking through the fruit of the spirit, which is Galatians. So turn to the book of Galatians chapter five. And as you turn there, let me just say a huge part. Everybody say a huge part. A huge part of what we do here at Church on the Rock is, is we endeavor to grow spiritually. Our, our little mantra, if you will, or our, our purpose statement is we're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. That's what we do. We gather together. Uh, in fact, guys, Wednesday night, uh, Tia Juanita's, uh, fish camp, I'm telling you, bring you some money and some fellowship and gather together for food, fellowship, and the word of the Lord just a little time together in prayer. I think it'll be life-changing for you. I know the gumbo is life-changing. And so we're called to gather. And then we're called to grow, grow spiritually. Let me just say, you can't grow all on your own. We need one another. And and we're better together and we grow better together. Amen. So today we're growing. That's the emphasis of what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. We've been talking about growing God's way. And then we're called not only to grow, but we're called to give, not just of our money and, and time, but, uh, but, uh, or money, uh, and, and time, but our, our lives. We give our lives. In fact, uh, we just celebrated the 4th of July. What did those guys do that signed that declaration? They, they vowed, if you will, their sacred honor. They laid it all on the line. That's who we are as a church. We're called to get, gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. I want to ask you today. I'm getting fired up and got to the message today. What have you given to God lately? What have you given of yourselves to your fellow man? What? How are you laying your life out there and say, whatever it takes, I want to do what God has for me. And then number four, we're called to go. That means to go into the world and make disciples, go out into your world, where into the highways and hedges and compel them to come. I'm telling you, that's who we are. That's who, hey, if, if that's not you, uh, then boy, it'd be good for you to catch that. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called called to give and we're called to go. And so we've been talking about the fruit of the spirit. If you're in Galatians chapter five, say amen, pastor. When I get there, I'll say it. Amen, pastor. I made it. I want to just read through, uh, uh, 
Let me just jump down to verse 22, because as you know, the Galatians had gotten off track. They'd got back into legalism, and Paul is getting them, endeavoring to get them back on track. If you went to verse 1 of chapter 5, you'd hear him say, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. How had they gotten entangled again? They'd got back into the legalism of the day. Uh, and so Paul gets to the point there in Galatians 5. He said, let me tell you about the works of the flesh. You get into the natural man, it's going to be a mess. I'm telling you. In fact, I'm just going to read it. The work Works of the flesh, uh, where are they? It's uh, uh, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Everyone say outbursts of wrath. That'll come into play here in a few moments. Outbursts of wrath, uh, and then he goes on to say, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, there's a lot more, but I won't keep going. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, or however, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, here's a little insight that we've been talking about, about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the produce of a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led believer, okay? And so understand something today. I'm I'm talking, the audience by by and large today is someone who's endeavoring to live a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. If we had time, we'd read in depth. He said, if you're led by the Spirit, and if you walk in, you got to walk in the Spirit. And so that's the audience that we're, we're addressing here, people who are endeavoring in some way in their life to be pleasing to God and follow after his will. And when you allow the Holy Spirit uh, freedom in your life, there should be a fruit, a product. In fact, we've learned this, that when it comes to the works of the flesh, that word works is plural. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it's not plural. Even though there are many different manifestations, it's like a cluster. How many of you get the picture? It's like a cluster. Uh, You see a cluster of grapes, but this is a cluster of the fruit of the Spirit, which has many different manifestations. And you don't pick and choose uh, when when you're endeavoring to grow spiritually. All these things that Paul enumerates here that I just read to you should begin to be made manifest in your life. But as you know, you don't just sit and smile and sing, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. You have to apply yourself, even though we love the presence of the Lord. I love the worship this morning. But listen, growing spiritually is much more than just standing in church and singing a great song. There's a lot of application uh, and a cooperation uh, and affiliation and appropriation. If You can tell I'm a preacher, okay, to the to the Word of God. So today, we've talked about uh, uh, the love. We've talked about what love is. We've talked about joy. Last week, Jim, was it last week, Jim? A uh, week before last, because we had Liberty Sunday. We had Freedom. Ooh, wasn't Freedom Fest fun? Man, it was a great day last Sunday. Jim preached the Sunday before. I was in Quitman, uh, and so he preached on the peace of God, correct? Today, I'm going to talk about long-suffering. I know most of you've got this one down pat. 
And, but so you just take notes now for everybody else that you know needs today's message or you can text them and tell them you better get online at, at, uh, Church on the Rock North Facebook page and listen to this one. Uh, and so, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, long suffering. Everyone say long suffering. Here we go. It's a, it's a Greek word. I'm going to show this. You don't have to be very smart. Macrothumia. Everyone say macrothumia. It's a, it's a two part word. It has two parts. Macro and thumia. Everyone say macro. And macro basically means large or long. Big. Large or long. And then thumia is temper. You know anybody has a temper? Well, here's the goal. God wants us to have a long temper, not a, you know, anybody has a, I said, you know, anybody has a short temper. You know, anybody has a short fuse. Are they sitting next to, no, don't raise your hand. And so in the world we live in, there are not many long tempered people. Now, in some translations, it's translated patience, but that's a little different. We think differently about that. And, 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 uh, you know, that word, and there's places that, and, and that word's hupomone. It's not in your notes, but that word patience means I'm, I'm, I'm patient towards others. Okay. And I, I have a natural, just in, I'm just a very patient person. This w- application of the word macrothumia, I have a long temper and, and the, the word of God basically talks about being slow to anger. That's where we're going today. But let me just tell you, this short temper that is a, that is manifest throughout the world. How many of you know this world's got an anger issue? And a lot of things we deal with have to do with deep-rooted anger issues, okay? And they manifest themselves the best, if you can put it in quotation, through what we call good old-fashioned temper tantrums. That was a believer, by the way. (laughs) Here's one. You ever feel that way? It's not fair. It's not fair. I don't know whose church they go to. But there's probably some of that here today. How many of you, how many of you have had an issue with that kind of mindset? The short fuse, the short temper. Today, we're going to help you by way of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and everybody just say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help us. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to hopefully create an environment this morning of the Word of God that will help you, help me, become not short-tempered. And boy, there's a lot of help out there to become short-tempered, right? Uh, There's all kinds of reasons to lose your... There's all kinds of reasons to have a temper tantrum. But how many of you know, we're called... We're talking about growing. We need to grow up a little bit. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, we got to grow up a little bit here today. you got to grow up. And so, let's just kind of build a foundation. The nature of man is by nature, he is angry. I, you know, most people, uh, especially people who are not believers and who are living in the world, they got anger issues. But then I realized pastorally, there's a lot of people that have anger issues in the church. They're deep-seated, rooted things that they haven't really dealt with. In fact, Beverly and I, we, we watched yesterday uh, one of my, I guess it's my new favorite movie, Seabiscuit. 
Oh, if you haven't watched Sea Biscuit lately, you got to watch Sea Biscuit. And as you know, the the um, the the jockey uh, had anger issues in the in the days of the Depression. His mom and daddy dropped him off halfway to wherever they were going, and they said, "We'll call you in a couple of weeks. Uh, don't worry." They never called him. He had anger issues, and uh, his boss slash uh, Jeff Bridges in the movie looked at him one day and said, "What are you so angry about?" And then there was a picture of him and a remembrance of how his parents left him and forsook him. And he had deep-seated, deep-rooted anger issues in his life. And, and that's the way most people on some level live their life. That's our nature. In fact, when you look back at the works of the flesh, there's a lot of them that have to do with anger issues. Look in verse 20, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Envy, murders, on and on and the like. There's a lot of things that have their root in this thing we call anger. And I think today, everybody smile. In fact, if you got anger issues, you just need to smile today. Don't get mad, get glad. Because today, you're going to have the opportunity to begin to break free from those anger issues. Somebody say amen. And look at your neighbor and say, come on, let's get free of it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's, it's that opportunity. So you got a great opportunity. I looked at Moses. How many of you know Moses was a great leader? I mean, he was God's chosen. God chose him. Uh, you know, you remember in the bush that, uh, that, I mean, he just got a great call of God on his life. But, but, and if there's anybody I think ought to have had a grace card when it comes to anger, it ought to have been Moses. When you deal with a million plus people, you can get angry pretty easily. Your fuse can get lit. In fact, uh, and in fact, how many of you know he got angry with the Egyptian? What he do? It was cold blooded murder. It says that he looked to the left and looked to the right, and he slew the Egyptian. And somebody said that might have been righteous indignation, maybe. But when you look at his life later on, I mean, here God gives the Ten Commandments. You remember he goes up and gets the Ten Commandments, man, and whoo, you know, the finger of God. He's coming down off the mountain. I think he'd been there 40 days. He comes down and all the people had started to make golden calves. He got, the Bible says he burned hot. He got hot. Everybody say he got hot. Have you ever got that way? He got so mad, he got so hot, he threw the Ten Commandments and they were broken. God had to write them again. And then as they're journeying through, if you remember the story, at one point God told him to strike the rock and water would come forth, and he did. And then later on they needed water again and the people complained. And he got so mad, he didn't, and, but God said, just speak to it this time. He gave him a different instruction, and but he was so upset, he didn't speak to it. He struck the rock. I believe he struck it out of anger. He, he was angry uh, with the uh, children of Israel. And he was always, and you know what? It cost him dearly. He did not go into the promised land by and large for two reasons. He misrepresented God to the people and his anger issues. And I want to tell you, if there's nothing else today that, that you go away with, this, this ought to put this, this ought to put the fear of God in you and, and all of us. If we don't deal with our anger issues, we will suffer the consequences of those and we will miss God's best for our lives. And so Moses had an anger issue. It's just our nature. We're by nature, we get angry. But the nature of God is totally different. Somebody say amen. 
Exodus 34, 6. Let me show you. This is, I love this in the beginning. God defines who he is. He just declares about himself. I want you to see this. Exodus 34, verse 6. He says this. Moses has the two tablets. And God says this, verse 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This is what the Lord proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, someone say long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. That's just who he is. It's his nature. He's long-suffering. How many of you appreciate the fact that he's been slow to anger toward you? And if you studied this, you'd find out in many different Old Testament passages, it says he's slow to anger. Psalm 145 verse 8 says, he's slow to anger. Peter said this about him, 2 Peter 3, 9. He's long-suffering toward us. Somebody say amen. Because we'd, we would be in serious trouble had God not been by nature long-suffering towards us. And aren't you glad your neighbor is not God? Aren't you glad I'm not God? Because if I were God, I'd have been mad. And I would have dealt with it. And you know, how many of you have fiery, all those kind of things. But God is long-suffering towards us. It's his nature. And here's the thing. God is wanting to place his nature of long-suffering on the inside of us. And it become a fruit of our life where we are by nature, by supernatural nature, long-suffering. Everyone say long-suffering. In other words, we have the capacity to have a long temper and be slow to anger. This morning, I'm just going to, we're, we're going to be all over the place in the New Testament here. Uh, I, I don't really like doing that, but, but, but uh, this is kind of how it works for me today. I want to give you some long-suffering solutions for short temper situations. Everyone say that. Long-suffering solutions for short temper situations. Say it again. Long-suffering solutions for short temper situations. How many of you, uh, every day there's an opportunity to have a short temper situation, to lose your temper. Let me just say, we never lose our temper. If you, if you lost your temper, you would not be angry. We find our temper. Beverly got it. And as a believer, and here's where we need to understand with the Holy Spirit, because one of the, one of the, um, um, fruits of the Spirit, or the aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. As a believer, we don't lose our temper. We choose to have a temper. Are you with me? Say amen. Am I right? I mean, I can tell you, when times I've gotten angry, I've just, I'm sorry, I'm fixing to blow up right now. I'm going to do it right now. I didn't, it, it wasn't out of lack of control. I knew exactly what I was doing. Are you with me? How many of you know your neighbor knows exactly what he's doing when he blows? Okay, all right. We know. And so I want to give you some long-suffering solutions for some short-temper situations. Because understand something, anger is reactionary, correct? Correct? We react. We just react. Some people, you know, the short fuse, they react so quick, you know, you just, how are you doing? You know, it's just like, whoa. I mean, uh, what's your deal? Uh, I bet, you know, come on now. Uh, and just short temper. Uh, and, it, and the reactionaries, long-suffering people, people who are long-suffering, people who have the nature of God and the nature of Christ in them, they are proactive when it comes to these situations. They know that the opportunity to come uncorked is around us at all times. 
But if, as we embrace the nature of Christ and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we respond rightly to those circumstances and situations rather than react negative, negatively to those circumstances and situations. Are you with me? Say amen. And might I say today, I, and Beverly can testify to you today, that I don't have what I'm about to tell you down pat. And it's not necessarily a do as I say and not as I do, because I'm applying this to my life as well. So I'm going to give you six thoughts this morning, okay? That some six long-suffering solutions for short-temper situations so you can respond rightly rather than react negatively with a short fuse and a short temper and being short-tempered and temper tantrum kind of uh, mindset. So here you go. Are you ready? If you're with me, smile and say, I'm ready, Pastor. And for all the short-tempered people, just smile. You're fixing to get set free today. Amen. Here we go. Number one, just number one, check your heart. Why? Because here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. He talked about uh, uh, the, the, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart does what? He brings forth what's Okay, let me start over. You may be still looking for the, for the scripture. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. Somebody say good. The evil man or the unrighteous man out of the evil nature of his heart brings forth what is what? It's bad. So if you got anger issues, you better check your heart because there's something on the inside that is causing you to be a short fused, temper tantrum, uh, easily offended kind of person. And it's high time we stop blaming that on everybody else, on the circumstances. In fact, let me just go back. I forget the little jockey's name. Uh, he played Superman. I forget his name. I forget. Oh, yeah, played Spider-Man, not Superman. Uh, but uh, the jockey's name, anybody remember you? Red. They called him Red because he had red hair. Red somebody. Red had anger issues. And they, and, and everything he did was based upon what his situ, everything was affected by, by his deep rooted issue. Now, and, and, and at some point he had to check his heart. I love the end of the movie. You just gotta go, go home and rent it. Do something. Because at the end, old Red says this. Well, everybody thought we took a old, a, a young horse. And fixed it. But in reality, the horse fixed us. In other words, their dealings and they, they, he had to deal with the inner issues of his life. You gotta deal with it. You gotta come, come clean. You gotta look in your heart. I wanna ask some questions that we all ought to ask ourselves. Uh, Am I harboring unresolved conflict? Am I harboring unforgiveness against someone? Who has done me wrong? Am I always singing the somebody done me wrong song? Am I holding on to offenses? Am I bound by angry strongholds in my life? Paul talked about strongholds in the mind, castles in the mind. And listen, there's something to this thing called generational curses. In fact, there was a study done and I, yeah, oh man. You look at, let me just throw this out to you. I saw, I can't remember, he's a nationally known sheriff of a big uh, county somewhere in the, in the nation. He said, I've never arrested any young boys who had great healthy relationships with their father. Never. They're angry young men. 
Never done it. And there's something to this generational curse. I I saw a study, and there was a young man in, in prison for murder. And the story told about him, but then it goes back and it shows, it tells the story. His, he found his father in the same prison who he did not know. Never knew his father. And he met his, by, by, by circumstance, just a, a miraculous, he met his father who was also a prisoner in prison. And his father was in prison for murder. There's something to that. And so we've got to understand if we're going to, hey, we're going to be as believers. Listen, you can be born again, spirit filled, tongue talking, uh, Pentecostal through and through and still have issues in the heart that you and I have to deal with. Are you with me? Say amen. And to cooperate with the spirit of God. And so, hey, you got to look at everybody say, check your heart. You just got to look on the inside. Some of you, I don't want to look in there. You got to look in there. And if you don't want to look in there, go somewhere, find somebody. You know, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. I've told people before, I don't know if you realize it or not, but let me tell you, you got issues. You came to me for counsel, I'm going to give you counsel. You bet this is what's going on in your world. Most people, do, however, don't listen to that uh, because they're in denial. That's not a river in Egypt. Uh, that's issues that people have. People are in denial about their issues. Everybody's got some kind of issue. Look around, just say everybody got one or two. Come on. Everybody's, everybody's got one or two. And a lot of it has its root in anger, outbursts of wrath, fleshly angry situations. Everyone say, check your heart. Number two, I love this one. Shut your mouth. Everybody say, shut your mouth. Now you say, Pastor, you say that again. My anger issue is going to rise up. Don't tell me to shut my mouth. The Word of God teaches us this is so important. Now, again, I'm talking to believers by and large today. And as a believer, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and you have the capacity to control your tongue. You say, now, wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible says in James 2, no man can tame the tongue. That is correct. No man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Spirit in you can tame the tongue. Are you with me? Look what James said. James said this in James 1 before he ever gets to the James 3 about the tongue. He said, let every man, I want to say, let every man. I love this. And woman, amen. Let every man, let every person be swift to hear. Everyone say swift to hear. Slow to speak. Everyone say slow to speak. Hey, we could throw in there, shut your mouth. Just don't talk. Be quiet. Don't say it. And look at the third one, and look how they're linked together. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And one of the first places, if not the first place, your anger comes out is not through your ears or your pores, through your mouth. And as a believer, and then, gosh, you go back, you could go on to James. He's, this James 1, he's prepping them for James 3 because he says, man, the tongue is a world of iniquity. And where does that, and we know what comes out of our mouth is in our heart. That's why check your heart, shut your mouth. Everyone say, check your heart, shut your mouth. How many of you know sometimes the best, best medicine is to shut our, I'll say our, I'm, 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 I'm getting close to being accusatory here. Uh, shut our mouths. Be quiet. Be slow to speak, swift to hear, slow to speak, 
slow to anger. Everyone say, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's, hey, you just went to Counseling 101 on how to deal with issues. Listen. You know, one of the things that when I deal with angry people, people come in, they're angry. Ooh, I've been in some situations. I thought preachers going to get in the middle of a fist fight right here. And I would say things like this after I heard, try to read between, listen between the lines, say, listen, I, I hear you. Most people get louder when they think you don't hear you. I hear you. And I understand why you feel the way you might feel. If I were you, I'd feel the same way. What am I doing? Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Let's slow it down. Let's, everybody say, shut your mouth. No, let's say, shut my mouth. Shut my mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, shut my mouth. No, don't you shut my mouth. I'll shut my mouth. So, so listen, the, what I'm telling you, long-suffering solutions to short-temper situations. Check your heart. Shut your mouth. I love what Proverbs, oh man, you ought to read Proverbs. All of us ought to read. You ought to read through Proverbs every month. Read a proverb a day, 31 Proverbs. Just get these things down. Here's one, Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away what? Wrath. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. A soft answer. Now, if you're going to say something, uh, you know, some people say, well, it's better to uh, than say, I can't remember, better say nothing. I can't remember the old saying. But listen, we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to being short-tempered or long-tempered, we can control our tongue by way of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and just say, you know, I'm not going to say what I want to say. In fact, how many of you, there are times in, in, in your life when you're in something and you say, I would really like to say something right there. You realize it's better left unsaid. Because understand the power of a soft answer turns away wrath. What does a hard, quick, reactionary answer to? It stirs up strife, the Bible says. It stirs it up. Most people are great at stirring it up. They don't know how to stop it. They can stir it up. Are you with me? We're talking about long-term solutions for short-temper situations. Check your heart. Shut your mouth. Here's one. I'll lighten up on you. You want me to lighten up on you? I'll lighten up on you. Live to love. Everyone say live to love. Man, you wake up every morning, I'm going to love everybody. I'm just going to be a lover. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to love those who spitefully use me. I'm not going to react. I'm going to bless those who curse me. I'm going to, I'm on, I'm living to love. You curse me. I'm going to bless you. Just curse me. Go ahead. Try it. I'm going to bless you. That's who I am. I'm, I'm living to love. Look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, verse 4 and 5, the new international version. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Most people have an account book with offenses and issues that we never let go of. People who love, they throw away the book. They're not easily angered. And let me just say, just by way of, of kind of taking this apart, if you're easy, if you got a short temper, 
If we have a short temper, if our, if our fuse gets lit rather easily, uh, even sometimes innocently somebody, how many of you know, you know people, you, what you could say and do would light their fuse in a hurry? Oh uh, yeah, you know that. Well, listen, number one, we may not, we shouldn't light people's fuse, but number, number two, understand something about, uh, about this issue of living to love. You just say, hey, I'm going to love. I'm going to love people. And I know I'm going to have opportunities not to love people. But, hey, love is not easily angered. You're not going to make me mad because I love you. If husbands and wife would just get that, hey, you can't make me mad because I love you. Maybe you can't make me mad because I just love you. Don't test me, but I love you. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Say amen. Here we go. Check your heart, shut your mouth, live to love. And then number four, get it right. Listen, unresolved issues just get worse. And to the best of our ability, in fact, the Scripture teaches us to the best of our ability, be at peace with everyone. Correct, Beverly? Beverly's writing an article uh, for uh, our organization about being a peacemaker. Uh, and, no, I'm not. I'm preaching my message. She said I'm preaching her message. You know, I'm preaching my message. It's a different topic. Uh, but, uh, but we talked about this, uh, that uh, to the best of our ability, we, we try to be right with God and man. Are you with me? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to just forgive in your hearts and because some, some people are not ready to go down the reconciliation highway. But let, here's what Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says. Be angry and do not sin. Did you know you can be angry and not sin? How many of you know that's possible? I mean, anger, you, you realize, oh, oh, I have every opportunity to be angry, but I'm not taking this the next step because if I do, I'm, in other words, I got to deal with it. When anger comes up, you have to deal with it. Not be a reactionary, but deal with it with the Word of God and the love of God and the will of God and the ways of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, be angry and do not sin. Catch this. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath. <coughs> Pardon me. Nor give place to the devil. Follow me on this one. Because we could just use this one verse and preach an entire message. Get it right is what I'm saying. It says, be angry and do not sin. In other words, you got to deal with this thing. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. How many of you know the quicker you deal with it, the quicker it dies. You deal with it biblically, and we don't have time to go into all of those issues, but, you know, you don't let the sun go down on your anger with your wife or your family or your neighbor or your boss or whoever it is. You do your best to deal with it and not let an offense grow or anger uh, uh, turn into bitterness and, and where you have an outburst. How many of you know outbursts of anger don't just happen? They build up over time. Are you with me? And then he links it to the devil. If you do this, if you don't deal with it, it gets worse and gives the devil an opportunity in your life. And what does he come to do? To steal, kill, and destroy. I'm telling you today, 
I'm telling somebody something that's life-changing. Deal with it. Get it right. Everybody say, get it right. Everybody say, check your heart. Shut your mouth. Live to love. Get it right. And here's number five, and this one's huge. Let it go. Everybody say, let it go. Don't hold on to it. You got to let it go. Here's what Psalm Psalm 37, 8. And I, I love the Bible. You know, we people say, I don't understand the Bible. <laughs> well, you may not be reading. So, you know, there's some pretty simple ones. Here's one. Read this. If you don't understand this, then we need to pray for you for, for show. Here we go. Psalm 37, 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Did anybody not understand that? <laughs> pretty simple. What's he saying? Let it go. Everybody say, let it go. Don't hang on to it. You got to let it go. You stop that. Quit that. How many of you parents ever, you, you don't have to, you don't have to go to Bible school to tell your kids, stop that. Right? You don't have to go, you know, go get into the Greek to figure out there's some things I just need to let go of. Quit that. Don't do that anymore. Oh, I, I can't help it. I got a stronghold. Well, you got somebody stronger than the stronghold. Get it, deal with it. Hey, let it go. Look at some passages. I love these. Uh, Ephesians 4.31. Turn over there. You're pretty close if you're in Galatians. Ephesians 4.31. Look what he says here. Uh, and he's talking to people about the, not grieving the Spirit of God and, 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 uh, and so many great things concerning the, the Spirit of God. And then he says this, verse 31. Let, uh, now, everybody say let. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, Clamor, clamor is loud quarreling. I've never heard any quiet quarreling. It always gets loud. Let all bitterness, wrath. Now, understand, this is not deep and wide theologically. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, that is loud arguing and quarreling, and evil speaking be put away with you, with, from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Everybody say, "Let it go." That's what Paul's saying here. Let it go. Let it be put away from you. Let go of it. Listen. Let me tell you something. Most things would be free, you'd be free from if you just let it go. Let it go. I'm not holding on to that anymore. I'm letting it go. Everybody say, let it go. Not very deep and wide. Quit that. Stop that. Don't do that. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Look over in Colossians. We're going to finish in Colossians. So you can go there. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Look what Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Let it go. Say it. Let it go. Check your heart. Say, check your heart. Hey, what are these? Long-suffering solutions for short-tempered situations. You take these things and apply them into your life for the rest of your life. They will be long-term solutions, uh, long-suffering, long-tempered solutions for short-tempered situations. Check your heart. Shut your mouth. Live to love. Get it right. Let it go. And then number six. Put on Jesus. 
Put on Jesus. Let's just read. I'm just going to read this. Colossians 3, verse 10. After he said, put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with its deeds. And verse 10, and have put on. Here we go. We're going to put on Jesus. Put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. According to the image of God. In other words, we let some things go and we take some things up. I'm going to put on this new nature that God has given me. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. He's dealing with the issues of conflict right there. I don't have time to go into it. But there was conflict concerning circumcisions and Jews and Greeks, barbarians and Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all in all. Therefore, follow me now. We're talking about just putting on Jesus. Therefore, as the elect of God, hope. Holy and beloved, put on, somebody say put on, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and here we go, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone, even as Christ, uh, let me start over, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, link all these to anger issues. Put on love and let the peace of God rule or be the umpire of your hearts. To which also you were called in one body, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the, to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, thanks to God, the Father, through him. In other words, it's through him. Put on Jesus. Put on the nature, the new nature. You got a new nature. You just got to put on Jesus. I'm getting up this morning. I'm putting on Jesus. I'm dead to sin. I'm not angry. I've broken, I'm breaking the curse off of my life of being short tempered. I'm long tempered and I'm going to have some, uh, some long suffering solutions for short tempered situations. I'm going to every day check my heart and make sure I don't have issues that are building up in my life. I'm going to look on the inside because, hey, what's on the inside it always comes up on the outside and people who have outbursts of anger, they got internal issues because the, that, that represent themselves in outbursts of anger. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a reactionary. I'm going to be pre pre uh, proactive and responsive to the circumstances by having a right heart before God and man. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm not going to say things that I shouldn't say. I'm not going to stir up strife. I'm going to be slow to speech. I'm going to have a soft answer that's going to turn away, turn away wrath. I'm going to live to love people. This is who I am. I'm living to love and I'm going to get right with it all. Everybody I can if I can. And if somebody doesn't want to get right with me, I'm going to be right with them. I'm going to pray for those who spitefully use me and I'm going to bless them and, and not curse them. And I'm going to live to love. I'm getting it right and I'm letting it go. I'm not carrying it with me. I'm not harboring it. I'm letting it go. I'm putting it off. It's not part of who I am anymore. These outbursts of wrath are not me. This anger issue, this these, they're not who I am. I'm putting it off. Everybody say, let it go. I almost sang that song. 
let it go. But I don't think it has anything to do with my message today. And put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. Put on the character and the nature of Christ. Hey, catch this. Slow-tempered people. Those who are slow to anger. Let me give you a couple of Proverbs. The message, Proverbs 15, 18. Hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Ooh, there's great benefit in being slow-tempered. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for the word of God. And we thank you for the fruit of the spirit. The Holy Spirit in our life that as we yield to the spirit of God and walk in the spirit and live in the spirit and are led by the spirit, the fruit begins to grow in our life. Lord, today let us take these long-tempered circumstances and principles and apply them to our short-tempered circumstances and situations. Let us become like you, Lord, slow to anger, slow to wrath. For we know the wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.